Foreman podcast should not be interpreted as legal advice and are intended for general information purposes only. Welcome to the Burn Foreman Take 5 Immigration Podcast Series. The Take 5 Podcast Series is a weekly five-minute high-level overview on what businesses need to know each week as it relates to immigration. My name is Melissa Azalian, and I'm a partner in the Labor and Employment and Immigration team at Burn Foreman, and I am your host for this podcast series. I've been practicing in the business immigration arena for more than 20 years, working with clients in multiple industries, such as manufacturing, healthcare, food and beverage, and education. So let's get started and talk about immigration this week. In our previous podcast, we've talked about a number of presidential proclamations. And so our focus today is on one of the proclamations that deals with travel bans into the U.S., for individuals physically present in certain countries for a 14-day period immediately before they attempt U.S. entry. These travel bans were initially issued for high COVID incident areas, and current travel bans are in effect for the People's Republic of China, Iran, the Schengen countries, which are 26 European countries, the U.K. and Republic of Ireland, and Brazil. Now, these travel bans have substantially limited individual and business travel into the U.S. Many international companies with employees abroad at the time of the announced proclamations have been unable to return to the U.S., which has created a hardship for those companies meeting the skills and talents of those workers. Now, the bans have exceptions for U.S. citizens, green card holders, and for those entering for purposes related to the national interest. And until recently, it wasn't clear how exceptions related to the national interest would work. But on July 16th, the U.S. Department of State announced that business travelers, investors, treaty traders, and academics from the Schengen countries, the U.K. and Ireland, could qualify for a national interest exception. So in summary, for those with a valid F-1 or M-1 non-immigrant student visa, they are exempt from the travel ban and do not need to apply for a national interest exception to be admitted into the U.S. So, for example, a student with a valid F-1 visa present in Germany will likely be able to enter the U.S. despite the Schengen ban. But remember, international students from China, Brazil, and Iran are still subject to the U.S. travel ban. Also, according to the Department of State, the following categories of foreign nationals may qualify for a national interest exception. And again, we're talking about exceptions to Presidential Proclamation 9993 and 9996, which again, suspended travel from the Schengen area, UK, and Ireland. So those categories of folks that might be exempt would be those working in the public health, academics, investors, and those traveling for business, which would be those foreign nationals traveling to the U.S. to provide a significant economic benefit to the U.S. economy. Now, in the guidance from the Department of State, they broke that business traveler category down into three areas. In order to qualify for the exemption, someone must meet one of these categories. So, for example, they would have to be a technical expert or specialist traveling to the U.S. to install, service, maintain, or receive training for machinery or other specialized equipment that are used by the U.S. and the foreign firms with a substantial investment in the U.S., of course, that travel has to be temporary, and it's only for a defined period of time. The second group would be senior-level managers or executives coming to provide strategic direction for the success of the company. And the third group would be professional athletes and their staff to participate in major sporting events. 
So if individuals are physically present in the Schengen area, the UK and the Ireland, and they believe that they fall under one of the exceptions, they have to contact their local US consulate or embassy for details about the application process. Now consular officers make the final determination regarding whether the exemption applies, and they do that at the time of the visa interview. We have talked before that consulates and embassies worldwide are closed except for emergency appointments but they have now started to reopen within the past couple of weeks. So they're offering limited visa appointments to those who qualify for an exception and have imminent travel needs. Travelers should certainly expect increased wait times and backlogs. The specific process for claiming a national interest exemption is often different depending on the consulate. So it's always a good idea to check the specific consulate or embassy website for updated information so that you know the specific exemption criteria and guidelines. Now, the last thing that I wanna to mention today is that it's important to note that the national interest exemptions, which we've reviewed today, don't necessarily align with the national exemption criteria for Presidential Proclamation 10014 and 10052. And you might remember that those are the executive orders which restrict visa issuance for certain immigration categories until December 31st, 2020. These would be our H-1B and our L visa holders, for example. So on July 16th, the Department of State also provides some clarification, indicating that there are other limited exemptions to this specific proclamation that deals with the restriction of immigrant and non-immigrant categories through the end of the year. And so those other exemptions might be available for applicants who are subject to aging out because of their visa classification. A good example here might be a child of an L1 visa holder who reaches the age of 21. That person would age out or not be available for that category. Another exemption might be available for certain H and J visa applicants who travel to work in support of a critical U.S. foreign policy objective, or maybe they're coming at the request of the government. The third exception that they listed were spouses and children of H, J, and L visa holders who were exempt to the proclamation. So maybe you have an L2 dependent in Austria, for example, but yet the L1 beneficiary is already in the U.S. So that L2 dependent will now be exempt from that ban and should be able to enter the US. Now there are remaining open questions for many companies. And one of those remaining open questions is, does the national interest exemption apply to H-1B and L individuals who wanna obtain a visa and enter the US on the basis that they're needed for the economic recovery of the US? Unfortunately, we don't have much clear guidance yet in this area and there hasn't been much success reported. So we remain hopeful for additional guidance in the future. So that wraps up our Take 5 Immigration Update for this week. I hope it's been helpful as we strive to cover business immigration issues at the forefront. And if you have any topics you'd like to see addressed, please don't hesitate to email me at mazallion at burr.com or reach out to any other Burr Foreman attorney. Also to find podcasts, webinars, and legal resources on immigration, please visit our website, burr.com. And remember, this series is also available on Apple Podcasts.